and we are live hey guys welcome to the superhero cuts podcast it's your boy stevie hayes joined by comic cuts bro how are you doing today man i'm doing great man always excited for the pod how are you doing man i'm happy man it is a good week obviously because the flash is coming out number one um i'm super happy uh because as you see bro i got this flash shirt at the box lunch you know what i mean fire fire hell yeah we're super hyped about the flash this week man i'm literally seeing it like four times i'm seeing it once on thursday twice on friday and then once again on saturday man so we're just we're just stacked up to the gills this week on the flash um are you you're seeing it thursday right i'm seeing it friday Friday? uh i i'm going with bullet actually (laughs) Um, oh God. and, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I'm going and I, he and might I hate it, honestly. Also, yeah, he might, he might, you know, um, he, he's, he's, he's literally going to hate everything until he sees Michael, Michael Keaton, <laughs> then yeah, he's gonna and, draw, and then he's going to hate everything else after that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then he's not going to remember where he wants to put it in his ranking. Exactly. Oh God, <laughs> it, man. Yeah. He's a different breed. Okay, yeah. so yeah, dude. Okay, so uh, we're gonna get right into this because obviously it's Flash Week, so we're, we're gonna start this episode talking about the freaking Flash. Okay, so I want to talk about Rotten Tomatoes once again because I can't stand these critics, these narrative people. Okay, so DC's The Flash debuted with 17% critic critic score, and at the time it was 97. Now it's a 98% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. Fans, just hear me out. The critic score has been off for many years now, and if you don't know, Rotten Tomatoes is very narrative-based. The scores go off of relationships and a whole bunch of industry mess. A lot of times, critic scores do not go off of if, if the movie is actually good or not, okay? When you are looking at the Rotten Tomatoes score, you look at what the audience score says, because the audience, like, that's us. We're the people that actually care about these projects, and, and for this movie to work, right? For this movie to work, Disney fans, I mean, DC fans have to show up because as much as people crap on Black Adam, the audience score for Black Adam was very high. And everyone that saw Black Adam thought that the movie was sem- was semi-good in some way. But what happened with Black Adam was fans didn't show up. Now, it's actually a good reason that fans didn't show up to Black Adam because then, then we found that like The Rock tried to basically take over all of DC. Thank God that didn't happen. But... The reality is, is that the Flash needs to make seven hundred million just to be profitable. Just to be profitable, it has to clear seven hundred mil. So, and I've been looking at theaters all over Delaware, PA, Jersey, bro. There aren't a lot of seats like that are left. A lot of people are going to to see the Flash. So, I am anticipating for the Flash to have a really big opening uh, weekend strike, and I and I really think that they're going to hit the. I really think they're going to get the ball running. Do I think they'll hit seven hundred hundred million? Really not sure. Um, you know, the Batman hit around 700 mil um, or around like they almost hit a billion. So I do have a couple of, you know, and like Batman was packed out in theaters. Like, I mean, it like me, yeah. like me and you both know, Pattis' Batman was a really big movie. So I, I, I don't know if it's going to hit 700 mil. To me, a win is if it clears 500 mil. Um, and I, and I do think that The Flash can do that. But, but, uh, I think that once people see this movie, like, and, and once everybody starts talking about it, that's like, I think next week is going to be the really big week for the Flash. And here's the thing, and I'm going to say clip this in advance because DC <laughs> fans didn't show up to the theaters for years. 
You didn't show up for the theaters when Snyder movies were coming out in theaters. So if The Flash doesn't do well in the box office, the Snyder fans who never showed up for Snyder movies and aren't going to show up for The Flash because they're so butthurt about James Gunn are going to say, oh, look, The Flash didn't do well in the box office. We know DC fans, they're loud on the internet, but you know what they're not loud on? buying tickets they are not for some reason whatever the case may be dc fans have not been a cash cow uh they've been causing a lot of problems it's one of the things that outside of everything james gunn is doing he's gonna have to figure that out somehow uh but let it be known this movie is amazing whether you are planning on seeing it your friends are planning on seeing it you're going to hear from the people who are seeing this movie that they loved it. This movie was amazing. I cannot wait to see it again. There were some things that were cut out that, you know, I, I can't wait. You know, Stevie and I have been talking about it, um, you know, and listen, 700 mil is a big number. I, the one thing I disagree with, it break even, I don't call that a win, uh, you know, you got to be profitable. You can't be in business and not be profitable no matter what you're doing. Otherwise, it's a hobby, not really a business. Big difference there. Uh, and I hope this movie is a successful win because I would like to see more of this style of movie. I want to see more of this Flash, even if it is Ezra Miller Um and that doesn't mean I'm okay with the things that he's he did or anything. It just listen. I like movies. I want to see good movies. You know, I know. Listen, a lot of people like to support what Ray Fisher. You know, he's like accountability over entertainment. Accountability is important. It's great and all, but like, I'm a fan. You know, I I want to see movies. Do you know? And and, and I care about that predominantly and that doesn't make me a bad person either and i think it's important to say that because you know listen we're all here because we like movies that's why you're watching this show um you know that's why we care so much about what's going on with stories what they're doing behind the scenes and everything else so you know i i think entertainment is important uh and above all is the profitability because if all of this isn't profitable, we're going to stop seeing it. They're not going to make these movies if they're not profitable. So I really think it's important for not just The Flash to be profitable, but DC be profitable as a whole before they scrap scrap it entirely, which I don't think is going to happen, but I think you get where I'm going with this. Yeah, and we're going to talk about this later on in the episode, but James Gunn confirmed in his interview today that Ezra's not going to be The Flash for the DC, oh, that this wow. is actually his last movie. This is the last it, movie, but it, listen, I, it's fair, it's fair, yeah. And it isn't because of what you think, but we'll uh dig into that. So, and I'm and as I said, I'm going to talk about it, but I just want to tell you guys, James Gunn basically put out a whole interview where he broke down everything like literally everything about the DCU, a Superman legacy. He talked about all of it, so we'll get into all that jazz later. Um, but yeah, so yeah, but I agree with you a hundred uh percent right yes ezra has ongoing allegations that is why he's really not allowed to really talk to any interviewers i think he only talked to like one 
at the uh at the uh, press screening. I mean, he and he he barely talked. Uh, but at the end of the day, as I said, we just want to see this movie, okay? Like, if 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 y'all want to chug Ezra, let, I don't care. Let's do it. Like, I think there are so many other actors that can portray Barry Allen either to the same level or even better than what Ezra can, you know. And I wouldn't mind, you know, and because to me, I don't think Ezra is the reason why the Flash is good. Andy Muschietti is the reason why the Flash is good. So, and I believe that. Andy and and uh, James Gunn are uh comp are, are competent enough to find someone that can you know model what Ezra started and and probably do it even better in my opinion. So that's how I that's how I uh, uh feel about it. As long as you keep Andy in the mix, I think that's the W. Like Ezra and them, they're all interchangeable. You know, um, yeah. definitely with 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 like the the Flash. Like Ezra, like we don't view Ezra as like we viewed Henry Cavill or. As people view Bell, as much as I hate Bell, but like people view Bell as Batman or as people view Iron Man. So, like this guy, I mean, yes, he was amazing. Yes, I think this is one of the greatest comic book films of all time. Like, and I just think James Gunn was crazy when he said that. He ain't lying. It's one of the greatest comic book films yeah. of all time. Yeah. But, you know, things happen and we can only just hope and, uh, you know, just think. And I mean, I understand why James Gunn wouldn't do it at, at the same time, right? You're, you're literally starting a new universe. You don't want to deal with the drama. I get it, you know. So, um, you gotta do it. You gotta do. It. But I will understand either decision, unless if this movie does a billion dollars, then you gotta keep them. <laughs> yeah, 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 and they will. <laughs> they they will. You know. Um, listen, I think. Listen, I think a lot of people have problems with what Ezra Miller did, but I also wonder if, like, the average moviegoer even knows about that that's a, that's a whole other thing um i think that like i i think that a lot do and like uh i just i just think that because like this is what a lot of people don't think of right it's not just like if we're to keep it a book ezra didn't isn't the only one that put his blood sweat and tears into this movie there's other people involved bro sasha cow michael keaton ben Affleck. like there's so and i mean think about the cast and crew they're so like like so, you're going to take what one person did and just chalk the whole thing when there's when there's hundreds of people that put their blood, sweat, and tears and and and, and that is yeah. proud of this work. It is not fair to them. That's what you I'm know, saying. To just throw week. away a movie. So, yeah. um, and, and 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 you know, like, I get we live in a very sensitive society, and and as I said, like Ezra was wild. Like, me, Comic Cuts said this when we were talking about Jonathan. Uh, majors like if, if if dude is guilty we don't like get him out of here get, get him yeah. like get him out of here yeah same yeah with Ezra we we've seen the proof but that doesn't mean that I want Loki to be canceled no because there's other people that are involved right. in it. it isn't just about so that, that's listen, how I feel, I'll, I'll, I'll say something and I, I've said this even before cancel culture like I'm Jewish I still love watching the Patriot and Braveheart with Mel Gibson, even after everything he said, do I like Mel Gibson as a person? No, but I still love those movies. And, and I think it's important to be able to, you know, live in a society like that, you know, like, yeah, there are certain things that I might not buy because of, of, of something like that. But like when it comes to watching a movie, I mean, you know, you get what I'm trying to say here. hundred percent. Okay, so we're now let's get into some Spider-Man news. So there's there is some Spider-Man 4 news. I already talked about it. I really want you to 
get into it. I have some other things I didn't say that I kind of left out just specifically for this podcast to talk to you about. So Tom Holland ended up speaking on Spider-Man. I'm not going to read quote for uh, quote again, but to make a long story short, he really changed his tone on Spider-Man. I know you remember because uh, you and I talked about this before. Um, he said after Spider-Man No Way Home that basically if he was if he was still doing Spider-Man it, like in his 30s, then he then he was doing something wrong. And now he is saying that he can see himself being Spider-Man forever. Okay, and um, and basically. He also said that the Spider-Man 4 script looks really good and that, you know, they are making good traction on this. And he said that, like, what they are building is making him be more, like, intrigued to, you know, like, reprising this role and being this character. Um, How do you feel about Tom Holland, like, being positive and saying that? And also, like, what is your vision for Spider-Man 4? So, first of all, I love Tom Holland as Spider-Man. I, I don't know how anyone couldn't. Um, you know, ha- having some problems with how the MCU handled Spider-Man, you know, if you're a longtime Spider-Man fan and you love that grounded Spider-Man feel in some of the greatest Spider-Man comics, I get that. I do, too. Uh, you know, but when Tom Holland flip-flopped right after No Way Home and said, you know, I'm not going to play Spider-Man anymore. Again. I want to play Spider-Man. It really reminded me of Daniel Craig before... Uh, agreeing to do his last James Bond movie, No Time to Die. I'm a diehard Bond fan. That's what got me into all of this movie, uh, you know, fandom to begin with. I've been a diehard Bond fan since I've been a very young child. And uh, Daniel Craig, for those of you who don't remember or don't know, he basically said, I, I'd rather slit my wrists than play James Bond again. And what did he do? He got a massive contract to play Bond one more time. And it was always my belief that he made those comments to secure a much bigger bag for the last movie. And I think that's what Tom Holland did. Um, But I also think some things are different than in in Tom Holland's case. Um, I think that, you know, they've now said they are going to you know bring miles morales into the live action and i think that the mcu doing a miles morales live action movie also makes for making peter parker spider-man that much more iconic you know peter parker spider-man is going to get to be a part of in tom holland's case bringing miles morales this relatively new character who you know in the grand scheme of you know comic book history he hasn't been around for that long you know a lot of these like major characters spider-man superman batman it took decades on decades for them to get this kind of hype that miles morales has you know and it's really something special that we're witnessing and i don't know if everyone understands that um, and I think that Tom Holland sees that and he's like, I want to be a part of that. Um, and, and I'll also get to do that while doing my own Spider-Man movies and, you know, developing this character that I've now been a part of for so long. And he sees it as a win all around. How could he not? And obviously there's a lot of money attached to it, but 
you know, above all else, I think he sees it as cementing his Peter Parker as one of the most iconic movie characters of all time, um, you know, while bringing in another one of the most iconic movie characters of all time. Because when all is said is done, you know, Miles Morales' growth trajectory is absolutely insane. It's unlike anything we've ever seen before. Um, And, you know, when it comes to what they're talking about in Spider-Man 4, you know, and I've said this, I, I, I would be shocked, shocked, if Venom is not the villain, I don't think that they're going to do the post-credit scenes that were um, in Venom, Let There Be Carnage, and Spider-Man No Way Home. I, to me, that's a clear tease. Like Venom is coming into a Spider-Man movie, and uh, you know, I think Venom is the perfect Spider-Man villain for a number of reasons, uh, and that you know, really is when it comes to the powers. You know, they're pretty much identical. Yeah, it's symbiote instead of webs. But, you know, he, he could swing from, you know, his symbiote. He could climb up walls. He kind of looks like Spider-Man, except he's, you know, a little bulkier. Um, he was also an anti-hero. So there's a complexity. He's not just a villain. He's a villain slash anti-hero. Um, so there's a lot of complexity there with the character. Um, and, and I just think that Venom is the most perfect Spider-Man villain, and we've only seen him against Spider-Man in one movie that was so long ago now. That was in 2007. So, you know, we're talking about 16 years ago, and that's, I think, the most, like, disliked Spider-Man movie of all of them. I think it's probably that one or The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Um, so yeah, it definitely a win. I, and basically listen, the guy sees a lot of action happening with Spider-Man and, uh, you know, it's only going to make his role that much more integral to the MCU and everything going on. And for him, when all is said and done, you know, it's a pretty insane way to launch your Hollywood career, um, to be a part of something that special and that big. Yeah, I mean, from Tom Holland's answer, it definitely means that he's in contract, number one. I think he's going to get a really big contract. I'm saying like $500 million. I think he's getting like half a billion for what he's going to do. Um, I think I think that that man's going to do two more trilogies. I think it's going to go that deep. Um, and I, I understand why he's young. Why not? You know, um, and I do think that Miles Morales is going to surpass Peter in a lot of ways, mostly because Miles is just he's Gen Z Spider-Man. You know, he comes from a two-parent home, not really broke, but then he ends up, but then his dad ends up dying, and I think that's what kind of, I think that whole entire thing catapults Miles above Peter Parker, and I do think that, like, Miles, I just think that for the generation that we're in, he's just a very deep, there's a lot of, like, things to Miles as a uh, as a uh, character that I, add- that I think that Peter Parker doesn't have. And they um, added two major powers, you know, invisibility and the electric venom like when you play the playstation spider-man games it's more fun to play with miles because of those powers and i think that that is going to make uh for a maybe a more compelling story than peter and i'm a big peter parker fan don't get me wrong um but you know miles has some things going for him that peter has not i agree i agree and so 
in my personal opinion, I think that this is the perfect chance, right? Because I would honestly sit um Ned down and I will sit MJ to the side. Like obviously still have MJ in the film, but I think this is the perfect time to bring in a new love interest for uh Peter. Um I and, and I would bring in a new love interest just because we we've you know we've seen him and MJ do this back and forth right. for the past like three movies and you know like I think Tom Holland's viewing this version of Spider-Man as a brand new character because he's kind of immersed into a brand new world. There's no AMA. There's no Tony Stark. There's no help. It's just him and his wit and his own smarts. So I think that they are really rebuilding this. I also do think the guy that wrote the uh, Spider-Man films, I forget his name, the guy that directed and wrote them. Um, like John Spider-Man, Watts. Yeah, John Watts. He did a terrible job with uh, Spider-Man Far From Home. Movie was still good, but man, could have been so much better. And, and even and even in Spider-Man No Way Home, what like Mark Mark Webb is like the worst pacer of movies ever. Okay, like he's terrible at pacing films. And um, I also think that like some of his content just sucks. Like he, like even in even in in, in a Spider-Man No Way Home, it kind of felt like to me before Andrew them came, the movie was just hella slow. You know, and and like. There's just some things that I feel like a, another director could come in and fix. Um, I would love someone like the Russos to, to uh, take Spider-Man, in my opinion. Like, I think they'll be, like, the most perfect people to take a character like that. But um, whoever they choose, um, I I hope that they, like, I think I think they have a, whoever is directing, because we know that there's somebody behind there now, Um. I think that's the main reason why Tom Holland is uh, is um, is uh, staying and here is the rumor that I heard about the director of it. Guess who it is, bro? Who? Rumor. Spider-Man 4. Yeah, guess who? Kevin Feige. No way. That would be crazy. They said they said they said either Feige or either Feige or John Favreau. That that would be epic. Uh I will say about Noe Home. And listen, I, I love the movie. I think it's a fun movie to watch. It's always fun to rewatch. But as time goes on, I think people are going to start to criticize it more and more. And you're already seeing that now. And I think that that movie got way too much credit because people were so giddy over the fact that we saw Toby and Andrew. And it's this fan service, you know, these fan service cameos that don't serve the story. They're really only there to sell tickets. And then you get a movie that's overrated over some cheap gimmick. And you have fans that keep on demanding these cameos. It's like, I know I say it all the time, but like the fans are not always smart and they don't really know what they want, and they ask for these things that are not good. They're not in the best interest of the movies. And to those of you that are making these movies, stop listening to the fans. They weren't right about recasting T'Challa. They weren't right about the cameos in uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. They're not right about asking uh, you know, for their demands with the Fantastic Four. And I mean, I could go on and on and on, but it's so annoying. And you know what else they're not right about? Asking for Zack Snyder to still be on DC after he said that he wanted Bruce Wayne to be getting with Lois Lane. It's ridiculous. I agree. I 100% agree, man. A lot, as I said, man, a lot of a lot of uh, people don't think, bro. They just they just be talking. So, 
Um, but yeah, man. Five I, I, yeah. Oh, I agree. They're, they're I agree. definitely wrong about Mr. Freeze. Oh, here we go. Yeah, I yeah, um dude, dude, it's just nuts. But as I said, I really think that this time to bring in like a Gwen Stacy, Black Cat, Harry Osborne. Bring them all in, man. Bring them all in. Um, you know, we haven't seen them in a while, and I think you it's know, time to make a more grounded story with those uh characters. The the interesting thing I want to say about Gwen Stacy, because I could already see it now. Like, first of all, if they do Gwen Stacy after MJ, I, I think that you're gonna get a lot of purists who are gonna be like, you can't do Gwen Stacy after MJ. First of all, yes, you can. Number one. Heck yeah. Number two is I would like to see someone like Carly Cooper, but I the reason why I think they're gonna go at, with Gwen Stacy is because now that they have Gwen Stacy so, so popular from the Spider Verse movies that why yeah uh, why and the Amazing Spider Man why wouldn't they use like the work that they've already laid the groundwork on rather than yeah. introduce a new character that they have to sell from the beginning all over again. And, and then you Gwen... cast Millie Alcock from uh, Game of Thrones. She legit right. looks like Gwen Stacy from the freaking uh, Spider-Verse movie. And you know what they could do then? They could also do the death of Gwen Stacy, which is easily in the top five, if not the number one most iconic Spider-Man story of all time. Yeah, literally kill off Gwen Stacy, and then we see her appear in a live-action Miles Morales film. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. Let's freaking do it. Um, yeah. So yeah, man. Um, as I said, I just think that with MJ forgetting about Peter Parker, this is the perfect chance to have a side uh romance. And and we we need to see Peter Parker doing something different, man. We've got to see the same things back three films. Time for a, a new change. Okay, so now we are gonna hit um <laughs> a funny topic, which is the rumor that George Lucas is buying back Star Wars. Okay, so this is obviously a lie, but we're gonna you know entertain it. So there is there, there, there's been a rumor stemmed from a Star Wars YouTuber named Doomcock. Uh, he's really um, Doomcock is like he's one of the, these these rumor guys that's always talking about Star Wars rumors. And a lot of what he says isn't true, to be honest. Uh, but with you guys, I, I used to follow him super heavy, and then I just stopped because at this point, because like uh, he kind of became like what like Mike Zero is like. Mike Zero literally just just goes on all these crazy leaks and rumors that really never happened. So. The rumor was that George Lucas was is planning to buy back Lucasfilm. Now, obviously, I believe this is a lie, right? Yes, George Lucas sold Lucasfilm for $4 billion, but what a lot of fans don't understand is that $2 billion of that is in Disney stocks, and there's no way that Lucasfilm is selling for less than 4 to $5 million. Not to mention George probably spent some of that $2 billion making those movies in his backyard and stuff. Because that's really all he does now. Just he just he literally for fun. George Lucas just makes movies with his friends in his backyard for like two to five like million bucks. So he he does that. And I also would argue that you know Lucasfilm is their second biggest IP at Disney. So why would they sell their big like one of their biggest IPs instead of focusing on fixing the leadership and putting out better projects? So they can just earn back the money that they lost, right? That is what that is what any smart entrepreneur would do. And and, and look, right? Because look, Lucasfilm is one of the dumbest companies of all time. Prime example. Think about this. How in the heck did the Obi-Wan Kenobi show that showcased the force, that showcased lightsabers and supernatural fighting, where we went to space, 
why was why was the budget for Kenobi ninety million dollars, but the budget for Andor, the most practical Star Wars film of all time, no lightsabers, no fighting, no force. This movie had a budget of two hundred and fifty million dollars, bro. How in the hell do you? How in the hell do you put that money into a made up story that fans that not all fans are into, but you put but 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 you put pennies into the bread and butter, which is Anakin, Obi Wan, Hayden Christen. It is crazy that Lucasfilm does that, and and you know. This is why people are coming up with rumors that George Lucas is, is literally buying back stars because Kathleen Kennedy does the most dumbest things and 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 it is it, it is it is fighting every fiber of my being to say we need to test this woman for a mental issue. Like, is this woman I'm not say word, but does she have issues with her head? Are you dumb? Are you dumb? The, and the other are thing is the and the fans are with her because the fans believe. That George Lucas has the ca- capital on hand to buy back Lucasfilm from yeah, Disney. You, he doesn't have four billion cash. Like it's not possible, yeah. bro. It, Disney gave him two billion in stocks, which means that that, that means that those two billion dollars basically fluctuate on how on how Disney is doing, like how good they're doing in the stock market, bro. It's people don't understand. And even if he and Disney is completely down, by the way, they've been down for a while and. And even if they were doing well, he would have to liquidate it all. So basically, the fact is, this the only reason the, the this rumor was able to go viral is because fans have no no concept of reality and they don't understand the stock market, and it makes all of us look dumb. It really does. Yep. It's embarrassing. Not to mention, George is seventy nine, bro. Yeah, and, and by the way, think I, an eighty year old would like would would go and do this? Like he. He doesn't have the mental capacity to take that on, bro. He's old, man. And I know so, some of you are going to say, oh, well, I, I'm not an idiot because I don't understand the stock market. But if you're going to read into a rumor like this and believe it, maybe you should. Maybe you should. Exactly. And look, and look, guys, all the information is on articles. Like, it's, it's, it's really not hard to read, like, how their deal went, you know. All I'm saying is, guys, like, like when you when, when you find these like crazy rumors, don't go and just think they're true. Automatically do some research behind the scenes because if you really think an 80 year old is going to take a whole entire universe and just buy it back, like billions of dollars, not possible. He would need other investors involved, and you know it's just so many moving parts to that situation. So yeah, man, um, yeah, George is not buying back Star Wars, guys. And if he does, I will be very happy, obviously, because George had all he literally story boarded the uh, the uh, sequels and stuff. So I would I would be happy, but it's most likely. Why not would he? Why would he? You know, like it, the, they haven't I mean, made I mean, good movies. Yeah. You know, he, that would be, he's be wild, absolutely though. loaded. And you know, listen, not everyone who has a lot of money wants to involve themselves in stuff that's going to cause them a headache. There's yeah. some that and, someone yeah. out there, and I think you know who I'm talking about. But most people, they want to take their cash, enjoy the rest of their lives with their family and friends, and uh, you know. And, and guess what? George Lucas could do that and rest his hat, knowing that he achieved his achievements are amongst the greatest of all time in his industry. So yes, and you know, and, and bro, and bro, people also. For forget right the reason why George Lucas sold his IP 
was because he got bullied for the freaking prequels and he was sick of dealing with fans. And second, he also wanted to spend the rest of his life and spend time with his family because he put so much of his time and effort into these Star Wars films and he literally sacrificed his family yeah. in the process. That's the reason why George Lucas sold his IP. So do you really think honorable. he would do that up at 80 years old? You think you think an 80 year old man has the mental capacity to deal with with a t- almost a ten billion dollar company? Come on, man! Come on, man! And look, Bob Iger's old too, but man, it's it, it, like that. That is peak hu- That is peak humanity. That is peak right there. And not a lot of people can uphold that at eighty years old, man. Yeah. So, okay, that rant is over. Okay, so now we're gonna get to our next topic: Spider Man and Captain America Four. Okay, so. There have been rumors that Spider-Man is going to be in Captain America Brave New World. Now, I'll, Comic Cuts, I want you to answer this question. It, like, just think think about this in your brain. How could you see that being possible? Like, how could you see uh, Spider-Man being in Captain America New World Order? My thoughts is, like, maybe there is a scene where Captain America is in New York and he's doing a mission with Spidey. Could be a quick scene, you know, nothing too crazy. Like, could, could you see Spider-Man being, being, uh, being in this movie? Or do you think that this is, like, a lie? You know... I'll tell you why I think it is a lie. And listen, maybe I'm wrong here, but I really think that Marvel wants to put the spotlight on Sam Wilson. And even if it's like a short cameo that Spider-Man's in it, when that movie comes out, all the news is going to be about the Spider-Man cameo. And I'm not minimizing Sam Wilson. I'm a big Sam Wilson fan, but just look at how everyone goes nuts over any cameo news. Uh, you think Spider-Man is going to have a cameo and it's not going to be the buzz? Come on. Um, you know, and, and I just think Marvel wants to put their weight behind Sam Wilson. That's why they made him Captain America. That's why they made the, a TV show for him. That's why they're making this movie. That's why they're letting us see the costume this early. Uh, I don't think that they're dumb enough to sidetrack uh, that because I think you know it's pretty obvious what their intentions are. So no, I, I don't think Spider Man is in this movie. I think it's Cap. I agree. I, I think there's too much that that that's going on as we with with like with like the Red Hawk and all these other Hawk characters and then the Thunderbolts. Why would you throw Spider Man in there now? If they do, I get it right. You want to put your big hitters in every project, but you don't have to force it. Like I think with what Captain America has it's enough like we like we're we're good with the hawk stuff and you know all in the thunderbolts and the adamantium and the mutants like there's just so much many moving parts with this Captain America movie that it's like hey you know yeah. I'm cool if there's no spidey yeah um, and you know listen winter soldier you know like they had black widow but you know that was, other than black widow you didn't really see anyone else um and civil war yeah we got the introduction into spider-man but that was different because everyone was in that movie um and you know i also think that before we see spider-man again i think we're going to see a spider-man movie and i'll tell you why i think that they want to introduce reintroduce spider-man kind of like you said it's a new spider-man story you know he doesn't know the avengers and i don't know how you make and a, a movie about one of your star Avengers and you put Spider-Man in it. And then you show us Spider-Man four where Spider-Man's poor living in New York back to his roots. When you already went back on no way home before we see that movie. So it, it I mean, this rumor is just so 
dumb and it makes absolutely no sense. I agree. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't see that at all. Okay, so we're gonna move into the next topic, which is Chris Hemsworth. I feel like you have a lot to say about this. So basically, the talk of the town is that, uh, it was basically said that there that Chris Hemsworth Thor is going to go back to the old Marvel formula for Thor 5. Um, now here. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to give you my take, and then I'm going to just let you go because I, I know you have a lot to say about this. Now, me personally, a lot of people, I believe that a lot of people think that Thor was figured out. And here's the thing. Taika Waititi never figured out Thor. He got lucky with one movie. There's only one, there's only one, there's only really one good time or one group of people that figured out Thor, and that was the Russos. The Russos finally figured out that Thor is just mad powerful and that he's just been underused this whole time in the MCU, okay? And we saw Thor be used properly in, in Avengers and in, in Avengers in, in Infinity War. I didn't really like Thor in the game. I, I just didn't understand why he was still fat Thor, but he was still OP, OP uh, powerful and uh, stuff like that. But we need a very serious Thor film that doesn't downplay him and make him a comedic relief because... They had, like, in Thor Love and, and, and uh, Thunder, they did show the power level of Thor. We all knew that Thor's power level was insane, but fans have a hard time understanding his power level when he doesn't take himself seriously. And I think that is the main issue. And, I mean, for this to work, Taika Waititi has to go. Yeah. Taika Waititi has to get the hell out of here. And um, and they need and they need someone serious to actually be in there. To do it, um, and and you know, if I was Kevin Feige, do you know who I would have honestly hired to direct a a, a uh, Thor film that would have made a balanced movie before he got hired by DC? James Gunn would have been the perfect guy to do Thor, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, yeah. and uh, I just think that Taika, like Taika, had too much freedom, but also like when you rewatch Thor Ragnarok, it's not as good as people think. Thor Ragnarok is held in a very high regard and. Where I'm at nowadays, dude, Thor Dark World is better than Thor Ragnarok. 100%. I think that the Thor movies um, are like in the order they came out. I think that's the order of quality on the Thor movies. Number one. Number two, Taika Waititi is so cocky and so, you know, uh, like not. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, he's so he's cocky and incompetent, and that's like the two the two worst things. It's the worst combination you could have, right? And you know, like I think that Thor. Listen, I would love to see Thor five and Thor return to his MCU roots, but like, how do you do that after you had Thor get stripped like? butt naked as a joke and like you had people like fainting like what the hell is this it was so ridiculous um and i kind of you know what i want to see i want to see kang kill off our mcu thor and them wander in a new thor and secret wars and then make thor five because that's the only way you could do this so you mean without so you mean like like no more Hemsworth or bring it. No, like, no, I'm part of Hemsworth. Just another variant, you know, another timeline, and you know, you bring him into the main MCU timeline. Um, but the the they need to seriously redeem Thor, and they can't just 
you can't just have something a th- regular Thor movie come out after Love and Thunder and act like Love and Thunder never happened. They need to take some serious steps to course correct and to redeem Thor in the eyes of the fans and you know myself included in that because it was just so absurd that that movie was ever made and it's insane to me that the people at Marvel let Taika Waititi double down on the bullshit from Thor Ragnarok but you know what I, you know what I think it is about the Thor Ragnarok too? I think that, you know, it's like the cameos. Like, oh, Hulk was in it, you know, and, and it was like a little silly before everything was silly. So, and, and like Taika Waititi, you know, got popular. Um, but I just can't believe that they ever let that movie come out. You know what they should have done that with that movie? They should have done the same thing that Warner Brothers did with Batgirl. They should have scrapped it. They should have deleted it and never let anyone saw it. It would have been the best move Marvel has made uh, since Endgame. And, yeah, you and um, I both know that Marvel doesn't yeah. roll like that, man. That they're gonna because they put hundreds of million dollars. Disney don't roll like that either, man. But I well, will. They should. They should delete it off of Disney Plus. They should never let anyone see that shit again. <laughs> it is trash, and and it does a disservice to the MCU. It does. It, it is. It is a terrible project. And um, and you know, I mean, like, and like, I don't blame them for why they did that, right? Because look, right. If I'm thinking about it from a practical standpoint, right? Taika Waititi's The Ragnarok made so much money, and okay, like, and it got to showcase the true power of Thor, and people loved it. So I understand why you would, like, you wouldn't give, why you would give him the, the the freedom, but like, as a studio head, you gotta, like, you gotta really take, like, because obviously he's screen testing all this, and you're seeing the freaking movie, point. and like, That's my like, you, like you can't be seeing the progression of this and say, oh, this is gonna make a billion dollars. Yeah. Like, oh, there's no way you, you could have saw that and said that. Yeah, it was so bad. Like, so right. bad. So, yeah, man. Okay. So, and so, yeah, I do think that they need to go back and really look at Thor. But I do think that there, there needs to be a new formula with the character. Um, I, I think they should maybe go watch some animated solo films and get some inspiration from that. Some read read uh, some, some comics. I would even go and watch Game of Thrones and get and, and, and find some of those tones that they have because that you know Thor is a yeah. mid- medieval type of a character. Like you, like if I was them, I would go watch something like House of the Dragon. You know, something that's very serious toned and try to adapt some of those tones into Thor uh, into Thor Five because one of the one of the things that 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 is not okay and it is the same thing as with Doctor Strange, right? Me, and you always say. Why the hell is Doctor Strange not the Sorcerer Supreme? Why the hell is Thor not the King of Asgard? You know, like, like, like there are just certain things with certain Marvel characters that need to happen. Thor should have been the King of Asgard after Avengers Endgame, and there's no other way around it. It's legit BS that that he's not. But, but you know, Disney's narrative, they give it to Valkyrie, which is one of the dumbest moves that you could have made for a Thor movie. So they need to fix that, and um, I'm ready to see King Thor. In my opinion, and yeah. I'm ready for Thor to have some kids and get this young Avengers thing going because this is this is the era that we're in. So, yeah. all right. So now we're gonna go to Blue Beetle. Okay, so obviously Blue Beetle is coming out, and James Gunn actually talked about Blue Beetle today. Um, he said that in his in the podcast with the uh, so basically he did a podcast with the guy that played uh, Lex Luthor in uh, Smallville because he, he's friends with yes he's friends with James Gunn. 
it James Gunn ended up saying that um basically um Blue Beetle is gonna be the first DCU character that we are ever going to see. Um, so obviously that's a really good thing. Um, but I do question like, do fans care about Blue Beetle? Because Blue Beetle comes out in August, and being honest, bro, this movie could possibly flop and it isn't going to flop because the content is bad, but because no one is really interested. And um, I believe that they should have went the Marvel strategy as in introducing this character. I would have been more comfortable if they introduced Blue, Blue Beetle in a superhero movie with a main with a main character. Like I wouldn't have minded to see Blue, Blue, Blue Beetle maybe in Superman Legacy or Batman the Brave and the Bold or in a Green Lantern movie. You know, I think a character like Blue Beetle needs to be introduced alongside one of the main characters of the DC universe. And then you use that clout to launch a movie out of that, you know, because blue beetle is not popular enough to just make a movie out of doing, you know, a little marketing. He's not that kind of character. And I mean, think about it, right. Kevin Feige even used the, the biggest, the biggest superhero character of all time, Spider-Man. He even introduced Spider-Man, you know, with Captain America's civil war. And he yeah. used the clout of a civil war to do Spider-Man homecoming. So I think that that's the route that they should have gone. I'm not the biggest fan, you know, that they went that road, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I agree. I, you know, when I first heard this from you on the show, I was like, damn. You know, I, listen, I have a lot of faith in James Gunn, probably more than most. But I will say, I don't think you kick off the DCU after all the problems that DC has had with a character that most people have never heard of blue beetle you know listen iron man especially at the time was not the most popular marvel character but he wasn't an unpopular character you know and i think that like if you want to parallel that with dc and i don't think the dcu needs to go parallel to to what marvel did in the beginning but in terms of the first DCU project, I think they should have went with Green Lantern. And listen, I'm a big Green Lantern fan, but I think he is the perfect hero to introduce the DCU with. You know, he could fly. His powers are cool. His story is relatable. Um, and he, you know, he is a likable character. And listen, I think Blue Beetle looks awesome. Uh, I, I think it's going to be a really fun movie. But I don't think it looks like the kind of movie that... I it, Listen, it doesn't look like it's going to be groundbreaking. It doesn't look like it took any risks. It looks like a lot of what we've already seen. And I think that if the DCU wants to be the standout success it intends to be you have to do you have to take some risks and um you know listen like yeah maybe i guess they're taking a risk <clears throat> doing it as the blue beetle to kick it off but the blue beetle movie itself doesn't look like it's a risk-taking movie um, yeah think about you, this though bro like with like blue beetle like do we need to make a Blue Beetle movie right now? No, we don't. You know, like, like well, this I don't think that but, but, way but down I don't, the line. You know, I don't think they like, and and that's the problem that I think they're running into. I don't think that James Gunn planned to. Obviously, James Gunn didn't plan to have the Blue Beetle movie, and 
He's obviously, you know, kind of they're trying to have him pick up the scraps of mm. the, you know, last DC. Um, yeah, I would have tried to put Virginia. it on HBO Max, honestly. Yeah, that, and that's what they should do. Put it on HBO Max, have it on a 45-day period where you got to pay $15, $20 to see the movie. Um, exactly. You know, like like they did with Black Widow. But honestly, bro, well, look, honestly, bro, they could have made an event out of it. Because look, right, because like what what I'm thinking is, right, that they could have made a killing, right? This is what I would have did. I would have said, hey, we are having a DC honoring or some crap. And then I would have put the Batgirl movie that everybody wants to see, not me, but most DC fans want to see with the Blue Beetle and say, hey, if you pay like 30 bucks, you get both these movies forever and maybe do something like that. That they could make a killing. The DC fans who wanted to see Batgirl would have never paid anything to see Batgirl. They weren't going to go to the <laughs> movie theaters. They were going to wait for that shit to be on HBO Max for free because they have big mouths and small wallets. I agree. DC fans don't show up, bro. Period. Yeah. And uh, it's not even small wallets, bro. They're just selfish and stingy. But but yet they want to trash things on the internet, you know? And yeah. and, and it is... and. That's the funny thing about 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 like Star Wars too. A lot of people trash the sequels. They're doing a billion though. <laughs> That's the yeah. thing. You 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 can talk all you want online, but money talks, homie. Um. Okay. So <clears throat> now let's get into something that I think you're going to be really happy about. Superman. Mm. Okay. So James Gunn is gearing up for Superman Legacy and the most um and basically, excuse me, he's gearing up for the most important project of his career. Superman legacy. So there are some guys that is rumored that he is having do a screen test for the Superman role. And here are the three men, Nicholas Holt, David Corn Sweat, and Tom Brittany. Um, now here's the thing. James Gunn talked about this on um the talkville or, or on the podcast with uh I forget his name. You just uh Michael, Michael Rosenberg. Rosenberg. Michael Rosenberg. Bam. And uh he actually said that. He hated that that um, people are trying to leak out the screen test news because he said that that's a very private thing for people because you're not really seeing the finished product. And he hates when screen tests get leaked out and stuff. So he was actually kind of pissed about that. But I will say this. I don't know why the hell Nicholas Holt is even in talks to play Superman. He looks nothing like a Superman character. He was a dude that played Beast with. Um, I know. Yeah. I know. Why the hell is this about. guy? He looks terrible. As Superman, I, I like I don't even see a possible universe where this dude Superman. He looks real bad. Like, it's like it, it's like seeing Nicolas Cage Superman. Like it's just not possible. Um, now between David Cornsweet and Tom Brittany, they both look. I mean, Tom Brittany gives me more of a, a New Fifty Two Superman look. You know, kind of like a, a modern. David Cornsweet is really literally a younger version of Henry Cavill. He looks just like Henry Cavill. Yeah. So I'm cool with either of the castings. Um, and I think they're both really good actors. I will go between those two, but if Nicholas Holt is Superman, I will riot, and I don't think I'm going to enjoy the film at all. Because one thing about characters like like uh, Superman and Batman, they have to resemble the character. Yeah. And yeah. to me, when I look at Nicholas Holt, I see nothing like. I will say one thing though. Kent. I like. I remember when Daniel Craig was cast as James Bond, and. Like, this was the early days of social media, you know, and 
people lost their minds. They were like, he doesn't look like James Bond. He's blonde. And I was like, well, Roger Moore didn't look like him. And, you know, I, I, I hate Roger Moore's James Bond. Um, but, you know, I was like, let's give Daniel Craig a chance. And I think he could be the best Bond. I mean, it's what everyone likes to say Sean Connery, but like, you know, what Daniel Craig revitalized the franchise in a way that is invaluable. Um, you know, and, and Davy Corn Sweat, my only experience with him is watching this show Hollywood, which I turned off in the middle because it was totally not what I thought it was going to be. <laughs> and if you know anything about that show, you, you probably know what I'm talking about. And listen, no disrespect if that's what you're into. Um, I thought it was about making movies and it was not. Um, so I, I kind of have a bad taste in my mouth for David Cornsweat, but I think he looks the part. He's probably a great actor. Listen, and, and, and my point about Daniel Craig with Nicholas Holt is – you know, Beast was obviously not one of the main, you know, characters of the X-Men movies that he was in. And I think if James Gunn is considering him, I I do think that he probably would be a killer Superman on screen. However, I definitely, uh, like, see your point with, you know, they need to resemble the character. But I also remember Daniel Craig not resembling the classic james bond and you know in my opinion i think he's the best bond of them all so yeah but yeah know. but there's not comic books written where you see what the character looks like you know and and, and that's like my there are james with. bond comic books but you know to your point yeah but, the, yeah, the yeah, but they came there. after the movies you know like it's, it's like it's, it's like we're not basing it from a source and like right, nicholas right. holt is probably a way better actor than both of them because he's a really amazing dynamite actor i mean i love all of nicholas holt's projects but here's the thing like Superman, and this might sound crazy. Superman is low key a bland character. So I mean, you don't need like, you don't need a Christian Bell acting type of style to to really do Superman, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, like, and I also think that with someone like Nicholas, he doesn't I mean, have like, the uh, Exactly, exactly. He's not Bruce Wayne. Like, like you need a Robert Pattinson, someone of that caliber, to take on a character that that deep. Superman's a pretty like simple character. Um, it's not that deep exactly he gets more complex like well, what is more complex is the lore of superman not the superman character itself so that's why i'm saying like you don't really need him like i think the nicholas Holt would be a great lex luthor like like that's the, that's the kind of character that i see him play more i think he'd be a great brainiac too like he's he he's that caliber of actor to take on those roles so i i uh but it is the same way that you know tom hiddleston auditioned for thor he ended up being loki so you never know. Yeah, it would have been insane if Tom Hiddleston played fucking Thor because he um, literally looks like a vampire. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, but it goes to show, like where actors were at the time. Like, um, you know. By the way, and and I I know I'm going back to the Green Lantern thing, but the other thing about like kicking off the DCU with Green Lantern is Green Lantern's lore is like one of the best lores in all of DC. And yeah, I don't know. I just think that like that Blue Beetle will be perfect. Blue Beetle will be perfect for Green Lantern. Um, okay, so now we're gonna get to the James Gunn interview that came out to today. Um, <clears throat> I, I'm just gonna talk all things DC that he said. Okay. Okay. Number one, he told Michael that he is the best Lex Luthor ever. Um, 
I I agree. He is the best Lex, yeah. best Lex ever. Um, he also threw shade at Batman versus Superman. Michael did because he said that um he didn't like how he didn't like he threw shade by saying like give me your word that when you cast Lex Luthor and James Gunn wouldn't confirm if Lex is in the movie or not, but he said make sure that he has the he has the gravitas. You know what I mean? And and he yeah. was like. He shouldn't be like he should be a mix of things. He shouldn't just be one thing. So, right. Uh, he he was throwing shade at at uh BVS because a lot of people hated Lex and uh BVS. I wasn't yeah, the biggest fan. Valley, he, like nerd. Yeah, he was too young to play that part, in uh, my opinion. Um, and uh, one. So here's what James Gunn said. So number one, as I said, right, he talked about Blue Beetle. He talked about Blue Beetle being the um the opening character. He also talked about superhero fatigue. He said that superhero fatigue is not the problem he said the problem is that people aren't actually putting effort doing the right research and they aren't putting their heart and soul into the projects that they're doing that is why fans hate superhero films he said that studios are taking superhero movies as a formula type of uh type of approach and they aren't actually doing the work that they would do for a quentin tarantino film you know, and actually putting in the effort, or or like what or like what Christopher Nolan is doing with like Oppenheimer. Like James Gunn was 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 basically saying that like a lot of directors aren't, aren't putting in that type of work. And he said that the main reason why these movies fail is because the directors aren't writing. You know, a lot of the movies, and they don't have a lot of say in the writing. And James Gunn was basically saying that Guardians. He was basically saying that one of the reasons why Guardians is so so successful is because he wrote those movies himself. Right, and he actually and he actually drew out the the concepts, and he said that you know like, um, when you write and draw out the concepts, you know you're able to have more heart and soul into it. He also said that like, I also understand that I'm a like anomaly because not a lot of people have that kind of talent to you know write out and direct their uh movies, which was obviously he was right. Like James Gunn is just he's one of the greatest directors of our time when it comes to superhero films. He just gets it. Um, so when he talked about Superman Legacy, uh, he basically said that um, obviously this is going to be the most important movie in, in in his career, and he did talk about that Superman is very different from Guardians of the Galaxy because he said that you know like Superman's not Peter Quill, you know what I mean? Like they're they're like they are two different people, and he said he you know he's very excited to write and kind of direct a Superman character and. Um, he also talked about how like he's focusing on one guy and not a group of people. You know, how, you know how kind of with like Guardians and like Suicide Squad. Yeah. Um, he had to you know focus on yeah. a bunch of people. So he said it's a very different you know direction for him. And then one of the last things that 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 he said was, and this is what made me happy. So I didn't know that Peter Safran is actually his manager. Um, oh, wow. and DC came to him first about it. He told them no. The reason why he signed was because was because they wanted him and Peter Safran. Because him and Peter Safran, he said this, they've been working together for the past 25 years. And also, he said they've only gotten in two arguments in those 25 years when it's come to movies and all of that jazz. And basically, Peter Safran literally handles all of the business, the money, the finances. Peter Safran handles all that. And James Gunn is literally the creative director of DC. And that's what he wanted. I, that's the reason why he said no, because he didn't want to do all the admin behind it. But him and right. Peter is literally like the perfect match. And, and that was kind of what he was like saying of like, 
him and I are like the most perfect team. And he's like, he said it like, there's no beef. And um, one thing that, that he said is that like him and Peter are literally on the same page of what they want to do with the DCU. So this interview really made me feel happy and very comfortable with, you know, James Gunn and, and, and Peter Saffer because I did have some questions uh, regarding them, but they're going to kill it, bro. They're going to kill it. You know, it's awesome to hear, uh, like we were saying at the top of the episode, you have to have profitability. And the usually the creative guys are not the finance guys. And you need good finance guys that enable the creative guys. It's funny because, you know, a, a lot going on with Tom Cruise and Mission Impossible. Like, Tom Cruise will literally say, you know, He's like, listen, I want to, you know, cliff dive on a motorcycle. And everyone's going to say no. And he's like, I'm going to get different people that are going to say yes. And, you know, James Gunn already has that guy. And he has the guy that is going to make the, you know, business logistics of it work. So James Gunn could focus on what he does best. Um, And that's awesome, especially because... You know, in, in these industries, like usually, you know, one role has set responsibilities and it's not in a la carte where you could decide, OK, well, I want to be the studio head and I only want to focus on the creative side, but I don't want to focus on that business side. And, you know, James Gunn is able to effectively have that a la carte by having his manager, Peter Safran, as the co-CEO of DC Studios. And that is awesome. And it's awesome for us, the fans, because, you know, listen, I always, I keep saying this, we are finally going to have a consistent and expansive DCU. It's what DC fans have claimed to have wanted for so long. And the people who are crying about Zack Snyder now are going to be praising James Gunn when we're two or two to three projects into the new DCU. I guarantee it. And they're going to start to not admit that they threw their sissy fit. Yo, you're mute. Sorry, bro. Um, I said oh, I, I want to add this real quick because I forgot to type this. All right, uh, I want to hear what you got to say about it. Are we guys? We have like we have three more topics, and then we'll be out of here. Um, okay. So we. So I wanted to talk to you because there's been this rumor going around that I believe that Wanda is the key to the mutants coming, and uh, pause. <laughs> and so basically, what the basically like the rumor, and I mean th- this is basically confirmed by Elizabeth herself, but. There is a Scarlet Witch project that is coming out, and that's kind of going to complete this little saga that we've seen with with Wanda, with you know, WandaVision, Multiverse vs. Madness, Agatha, House of Harkness, and then we're getting a Children's Crusade project, which I'm really excited for because I love just Young Avengers, Whipwick and Speed, give me it all. Um, and then the Scarlet Witch movie is going to kind of finish that. And the rumor is that this project is going to be in between Kang Dynasty and Secret Wars, and that and that um Deadpool is also going to connect. Like, it isn't going to 100% be about Scarlet Witch, but it might have an inkling to where we're going to see Scarlet Witch in the movie. Um, 
I think this is the perfect way to link everything to together. I wish they did this er um, earlier, obviously, but um, I do think Scarlet Witch is the perfect way to link both um, to get the mutants to the MCU. Now, I don't know if, if it's getting the new X-Men or Hugh Jackman in them, but just getting mutants in general is a W for me. Yeah, I, listen, I, I'm happy to see the mutants. Um, I If Wanda is how we get the mutants in Deadpool 3, yeah, I'm cool with it. Uh, in the MCU, no. I I, I want to see less Wanda. I'm over her. Uh, I oh, don't you're crazy, think she's that interesting. And if you want to bring the mutants in, um, do it with tried and true. Go Wolverine. And I know fans are like, oh, no, we want Cyclops. You still have a Cyclops. Listen, Wolverine is the fan favorite for a reason. Um, and he's not my favorite either, by the way. Comicus, Comicus, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Do you want to get mad? Make me mad. I have a picture of Craven. Oh, shit. Well, mm -hmm. Hold on. Magneto is my favorite, um, but Wanda is just boring. She was one of the reasons Multiverse of Madness was trash. I want to share this uh, on my computer. WandaVision was trash. Less Wanda. Okay. I, I thought you were trying to, you know, no, 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 no. This really, this, no, 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 no. This literally, no, I mean, I would cook you on that, but this literally just, I literally just got sent this on Instagram. You're going to be so pissed. Oh, God. Oh, God. Are you? Oh, hold on. It's it's uh loading onto my MacBook. Hold on, dude. You're going to be so annoyed. Come on, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. Load up. But yeah, dude, this like this actually looks really bad. I'm not going to hold you, bro. Don't search it up yourself. Wait. Oh, okay. Don't rush it, bro. Because I want to get your live reaction, my brother. Live reaction. Oh, right, man. This takes so long. All right, hold on. God, I, now I got to pull up on my email. Jesus. <laughs> you do want to be so mad when you see this Craven uh, photo. For all the fans that watch our, our thing, we are really showing a, the first look at Craven right now, guys. I'm downloading it. Okay. Yup. It's popping up. Hold on. Image. Okay. Guys, I apologize in advance. Don't snap. Don't get mad. Keep your anger intact. Okay. Share. It can't Craven. be as bad as Thor 4. And guys, this is the first look at Craven. Oh, wait. There we go. There we go. No. <laughs> You're kidding me. First I of all, he, he looks nothing like Craven. He doesn't have enough size on him. And this is who I wanted <clears throat> to play James Bond. But if he can't commit to fucking Craven, oh God, I don't want him to be Bond anymore. No, this is awful. And this hurts his stock as an actor. Like, this just shows that he's not committed to these roles. And he's money hungry. Yeah, yeah, you took the words out of my mouth. He's, he's money hungry. He's fame hungry. Um, but he doesn't have the drive. Sorry. Th this movie's going to flop. And, um, this you know, actually looks really bad. Guys, by, by the way, this way, is the first look at Craven. First look at Craven. Sony has a bad track record now with their castings. 
They're, they were wrong to cast Jared Leto as anything, and they were wrong to cast <laughs> Aaron Taylor Johnson as Craven. Tom Hardy as Venom, I'll, I'm happy with it, but this is bad. Uh, it and uh, it might be. Uh, I don't know which is worse, this or Jared Leto. But like I said, Jared Leto was awful, um, and Aaron Taylor Johnson, like I was rooting for you to be 007 now i never want to see you in a movie again (laughs) yeah i I mean i don't necessarily blame him but like it just looks so cringe look at him bro he looks terrible yeah he looks awful and what the fuck is that vest that's what i'm saying have the fur or like is he tarzan yeah i mean what the fuck I, i mean it looks like he's like a college kid like working out but in like some weird leather vest, like he doesn't, he doesn't look like a villain at all. He looks like a a loser. Yeah. So yeah, guys, just want to show you guys that you saw this live on the show. Hopefully, they don't take down our page. But uh, I mean, he does yeah, look like a crazy. rich, spoiled kid. But yeah, oh man, looks like an idiot. Okay, yeah. So we're gonna end the episode with some Black Panther three stuff. Um. Oh wait, Sissy Invasion. We're gonna talk about this really quick. Look. Um, five minute clip was released last week. It looks amazing. Comes out next week. Just want to tell you guys what we're going to do in regards to the show. Now that secret invasion is out, each episode is going to start with a secret invasion episode re- review from the previous week before. And we're going to be talking about the episode because the good thing about it is that the episode comes out that night. So, um, we are going to be talking about secret invasion every Tuesday before we get into our, you know, usual weekly program. And sometimes it we, we might out- talk about secret invasion. It comes out on Wednesday. Wait, tonight? No, Wednesday next week, the twenty first, I think, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so, 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 not next week, but the the week after, we will be uh, reviewing Secret Invasion every beginning of the episode. So that should be fun. I can't wait to talk about Secret Invasion. I'm actually excited to see this uh, show. So, yeah, we're hyped about it. Not really any news. Just wanted to tell you guys what we're gonna be doing. Okay, so. Black Panther 3. Let me just run through this with you and you cook Black Panther. Okay, so Latitha Wright basically has not been contacted for Black Panther 3 yet, but she said that she is uh, excited. A very naive comment, okay? Um, I'm going to give you my opinion, and then and then I'm going to just let comic cuts go off. Okay. We all know T'Challa should have been recasted, but you didn't. Okay, I'm fine with that. Cool. Shout out to Ryan Coogler because he positioned Shuri in the most perfect way. And I, I just found this out after I rewatched this last week because Shuri is in a place where she is – where, like, she could not be Black Panther again, and, and it would fit because of the way that, that the story – that the ending of the movie positioned her. Because we all know that M'Baku is going to run Wakanda, which makes Shuri technically not be in any rule or power at the moment. And so, basically, I think that – um, they are going to do a really big time time jump, and I think that we are going to get something to where Nakia might be the queen of Wakanda, T'Challa might be the prince, or T'Challa might be the prince and active Black Panther, and Shuri could, could go back to what she was uh, before, and basically Nakia would take the place of what Ramonda was or something like that. Um, I just want to tell you guys, she's not going to be the Black Panther in Black Panther 3. There's no way in hell that that Kevin Feige will let that happen, okay? There's a reason why why Latitha Wright has not been contacted. It is because, girl, you are not the center of this movie, okay? They are, 
I, I promise you they have a list of black dudes that they are looking for to recast as the child. Hopefully I'm on that list. I might not be dark enough, but, you know, we'll see. But they definitely have a list of guys that they're trying to recast, and I respect that. Now, I do think that they're probably going to re recast a teenager. I wouldn't mind seeing a teenage T'Challa, like a 17, 18-year-old, um, if we do a time jump that crazy. But let's see the rights not to be in Black Panther 3. And honestly, we're not going to get a Black Panther 3 probably until like 2030 being real with you or like 2027 because they want time to go by you know for a long time so we can get to that t'challa yeah so first of all i think it's hysterical how uh everyone was like don't recast t'challa um then leticia wright said some things people didn't like and then they were like okay recast t'challa and then it was too late and it just goes to show how childish and immature uh, and entitled the fans are who were against recasting T'Challa. And listen, I, I think they're going to go with T'Challa's son and making the Black Panther and Black Panther 3. Forget what the kid's name is. But my problem with that is you already ruined this franchise. And, and listen, I've liked the second movie, but you're going to tell me that we're going to have three Black Panther movies <laughs> that are sequels of each, and each one is going to have a different Black Panther, all because you listen to the dumb fans who didn't want you to recast T'Challa. It's insane. It's insane. And I think you ruined this franchise already, and it's really sad because we had something awesome, and you ruined it. You ruined it listening to the dumb fans, the same fans who want Mr. Freeze to be the villain in the Batman part two. Yeah, um, I agree, man. I honestly... Uh, and I don't think it was the fans. Feige said even before the fans were talking about recast child that T'Challa was not going to be re recasted for the movie. And I respect that opinion. All right, and and I do think that they positioned it perfectly. I would have just done a really long time jump. At, like, like me personally, right? I would have personally did like where we celebrate T'Challa's funeral and then we do a massive time jump to like T'Challa being young or something. Or you just don't make the movie happen at all. You just push it back like six years. Mm -hmm. Because it's just, I mean, that's how I feel, man. Um, I don't know, man. I, I just felt like either way, fans weren't going to be happy. And that's just the reality. Like, whether if it was a recast or not, fan, like, whether if it was a recast or not, it was going to be nasty because they wanted to include T'Challa's death. And as sad as Shaq Bowles and passing is, I cried to it. I still get emotional when, when I even think about him dying. Um, and I know you do as well. Like, I mean, Cancer hit kids home for me and you, obviously. Yep. But with that being said, come on, man. Why we didn't have to include that in the movie. You could have put someone else in there and just moved on, you know? Uh as in as in the story-wise. And you you could have honored him in the movie, but in a different way, in my opinion. They you, well, they sacrificed, you know, the whole movie for that. You know, there are so many ways to honor Chadwick, but you know. And it's what James Gunn always says. You have to do what's in the best interest of the characters and their stories. And you put honoring Chadwick above that. And I, listen, I, 
I don't care how that comes out. Like I'm not insensitive to this. Trust me. When I tell you this, it's home for me. It really does. But you know, that's what was prioritized and it's, you know, going to, in my opinion, it's going to ruin this franchise. You can't have three movies, each being a sequel of the previous with all called black Panther with different black Panthers. It's just stupid. Um, and you know, like I said, there's so many ways you could have honored Chadwick while recasting and it just sucks because the MCU is going to suffer for it. And this is what I always say. It's like, you know, that they couldn't, it wasn't their choice to lose Iron Man. It wasn't, it, I shouldn't say it wasn't, it was out of their control to lose Iron Man. It was out of their control to lose Cap Steve Rogers you know what was in their control? Losing T'Challa. You know what was in their control? Ruining Thor. You know, so, and I could go on and on. It, but you get my point. There are so many great characters that we lost that was out of their control. And there are so many great characters that they are ruining that are in their control. And because there are so many that are out of their control, they can't afford to ruin the ones that are in their control. They don't have that cushion right now. Bro, and, you know, I 100% and, MCU, agree. and the MCU is suffering because of it, amongst a couple of other reasons. But, like, if you're watching the show, I, I'm sure you've complained about quality of the quality of the MCU within the past couple of years. I so, agree. And, like, and like and a lot of people one, don't understand. And, and and I want you to think about that next time you try to tell Marvel what they should or shouldn't do. Seriously, think about that. I agree. And a lot of people don't understand that Black Panther was going to be the center of the future. And with like with, with Black Panther being the center, I think the MCU would, would have been fine if you had Captain Marvel, Black Panther, and Spider-Man and Wanda kind of taking like, you know, that team of Avengers. I, that's a pretty powerful team. It's actually more powerful than did the original. And then having Thor kind of be like, you know, like the, the old head, you know, kind of like mentoring everybody makes sense. That is a fire of Avengers team. Sam taking the freaking mantle. I mean, that yep. that's an amazing team. Like, if you have a movie with T'Challa, like if you have a Avengers three movie with T'Challa, Captain Marvel, Wanda, uh, Captain America, Sam, Bucky, and then Thor and Spider Man, that's a W team. Yeah. But what you do yeah. is you sacrifice the, your future for a real-life issue. Let's not forget, this is made-up world. This is not real. You cannot do that. And there's ways that you can honor the fallen. The same way they honor Stan Lee, right? They didn't tweak the story to honor Stan Lee's death, right? Right. The same way they should have done with um with uh, with uh, with a uh, Chad, Chadwick Boseman, yeah. and I and I bet you because I've watched all of Chadwick's interviews. Chadwick is a man of IP. I don't think Chadwick would have agreed with with the way that they did that. Yeah, at all. I don't either. I don't either. Coming and, from Denzel's coattails, he he would have never agreed to that at all. Yeah, yeah. And there were so many other ways to honor him. Um, I think there is a Disney Plus special on him. Um, you know, but they could have done that, uh, you know, a little more pronounced, whatever the case may be. Um, <clears throat> because the fact is, right now, 
that Black Panther is suffering because of it. And you know what? You know how you know the, that Black Panther is suffering because of it? Black Panther 2 was a good movie. But guess what? Most fans had problems with it. Most fans didn't like it. That's the truth. And you know yep. what else it is out of their control now? And uh, is the fact that the Tenek Huerta, I hope I'm pronouncing his name right, is now having his sexual harassment or abuse allegations. The, the And it's like the two best recent Marvel villains are having sexual abuse and harassment allegations. And that's out of their control too. And you know they were going to use Namor again because A, he's a huge MCU character. And B, they obviously didn't kill him off for a reason. And yep. they were a hundred percent going to involve him, especially with the storyline going into Secret Wars. And now, and listen, if it doesn't work, yeah. But I'll tell you this: I think they're going to have a much easier time letting him go than they would uh, Jonathan Majors. But I wonder that. Here's the thing: if they do let, if Tenek's stuff isn't proven, and they let Tenek go. How do they tell everyone we kept Jonathan Majors, but we didn't let, but we kept Tenek? And I think ten, I think, I think that the way they treat Tenek is going to affect the way they treat Jonathan Majors. And I think them dropping Jonathan Majors is more likely now that they have <clears throat> this problem again with another actor. And yep. the you know they need to vet they need to vet their people, man. They need um, to vet their people, and yeah. you know it. It sucks because these actors, you know, they really screwed over us, the fans. They screwed yeah. over Disney too, and yeah. it's really because really yeah. messed up. Exactly because, bro, the problem isn't are you guilty? Obviously, or not, sorry, right? obviously, yeah. the, and obviously, the women involved. You know, first and foremost. Um, yeah, you know, and we pray that they're okay, right you know, whether if it's true or not, you know, you know, because, you know, females are, you know, supposed to be protected by us as men. So it yep. sucks. But and and the issue is that these actors like isn't the fact that they're guilty or not. It's the fact that they're getting themselves themselves into this stuff, because when have we heard about Robert Downey Jr. during his tenure as Iron Man or Tom Holland or Chris Hemsworth or Chris Evans or Scarlett Johansson or Jeremy Renner or, or Anthony um, Mackie? When have these people been in these conversations? Benedict never. Cumberbatch. The list We've goes never on. heard anything like this before. We've had the MCU since 2008. This is a 2023 problem. So here's how I feel. They need to get the hell out of here, man. Get them out of here. Get them out of here. I, I don't care. I don't get them the hell out of here, man. And if they do, recast them. Recast them. Yeah, like, like if I'm Feige, I don't care how good you are if you – because – if you do it once, you're you're prone to do it again. Get the heck out of here, man. Yep, you better step. Step. So, yeah. So we're gonna end it there. Um, obviously, as I said, this might we're not toxic fans. We're just we're just we, we just keep it hundred, all right. And you guys love us for that. Um, Flash Week is coming out. Um, uh, we we might do a review Saturday. I don't know. We'll we'll, we'll see what happens. Please um, go but, see it. Go see it. Yes. Go it, watch. It's movie, worth man. the twenty dollars. You're gonna love it. Um and. You know, and if you do see it and you want to come on and talk with us about it, 
we're happy to share the link. Yeah, we are. Yeah, we are going to drop the link next Tuesday when we record, so you guys can join us to talk about it. Um, you'll hit up the guy that, that we saw the Flash movie with, see if he wants to jump on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because because uh, I'm going to have a couple people on. Like, it's going to be like six of us on oh, <laughs> next uh, Tuesday. So it's going to be a little panel episode. So uh, we're going to have some, some superhero TikTokers as well jumping on for a little bit. So we love you guys. Have a wonderful night. Stay crispy. Obviously, we're, we put out videos weekly, two to three videos uh-huh. a day. So check us out. Have a great day. Peace out. All right. Peace.